Mr. Cleavon. Big Cam, what's going down, man? Hey, big guy. We got the holidays coming around the corner, if you can believe it or not. It is almost Thanksgiving time next week. And this year has zipped by so fast. Could not agree more. And here we we see we're in week 11, big guy. We're week 11 in... The big story of the season, Le'Veon Bell chooses not to show, not to show and t- uh, show up and play with his teammates, not to show up and play for the Steelers, not to show up and play because he believes they're using him. This is uh, it's preposterous in my opinion. Um, um, I think... I understand the point that he's making. He wants to change the dynamic. He wants to get paid. But I think he's he's uh, losing money. He's costing himself. Um, as you know, Mr. Cleavon, one of the reason, one of the main things is running backs have an age. <laughs> What's that age number? Uh, the magic number that a lot of the uh, metrics people like to use is 30. And when you get close to that number, there's not many times that you get big dollars after that. And sitting out a year only gets you closer to that number, though you're going to claim you're healthy. And they're looking at it, well, you're, the birth certificate, birth certificate still reads <laughs> this. So I don't know, man. I, I'm I, as a player, I couldn't sit out a year. I couldn't sit out on my own, sit willingly sit out a year. I want to get paid. Yes, I do. Yes, first and foremost. But I put so much into our career, so so much into our team. They're on a a, a contending team. They're right. The team is rising up the ranks, and he. I want to be a part of that. I couldn't sit out a year. What do you think about the situation? You know, I thought long and hard about it. And in the beginning, I was, you know, kind of the same mindset as everyone else. Like, yeah, wow, what a fool. He turned down $14.5 million. And then I looked at it a little bit closer. And Le'Veon Bell is 116% right in this situation. And I figured out. I figured it out. Okay. It's the three it's the three scenarios that he thought about and put it all together and said, nah, I'm just not gonna do it. Scenario number one, DeMarco Murray, contract year. Yeah. Behind the Cowboys line, rushed for the most yards in the league, had the most attempts. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm putting up best back in the league type numbers. Can we talk? Yeah, we can talk, except for last season, you were, you had the most carries in the league, and, man, you rushed for, like, almost 1,500 yards, and, man, we think that's probably as good as you're ever going to do. And, man, all that rushing got put too much wear and tear on your body, so we're going to offer you 70 cents on the dollar. Okay. So when you ball out 
to the peak performance of balling out, they still want to undercut you. Scenario two, the best free safety in the game. Holding out all training camp. Threatening to hold out until week 11 when you have to come in. But his conscience gets to him. He's on a team that, you know, he's bonded with. He's been there since a rookie. They've been to two Super Bowls. They went to the playoffs five straight years. You know what? I'm not going to let my boys down. I'm going to come out there and I'm going to show everybody. I'm going to ball it out. I'm trying to win defensive player of the year just to prove to these cats they need to pay my cash. He ends up breaking his leg. Without question, that move cost him at least $20 million in the future. Because that 14 that he was asking for, it's going to look more like six, seven. Prove it to me, and then maybe I give you eight. But by then, you're 31, and you've had two broken legs, so we're not even going to give it to you then. Okay. And, la- and lastly, scenario three, Des Bryant. Oh, recently. Last year, he was making $14 million. This year, Everybody scoffed at him for turning down a contract, a three-year deal, paying him half that. He said negative. I'm not going to do it. Okay, so. Weeks go by, weeks go by. Neil's get, you know, like, hey, man, you might want to make a couple of dollars this year, you know, just on the strength of what it is that you do, and this is really the only way that you make money. So he comes in, Saints, Ruptures his Achilles tendon. So the same thing in all three of those scenarios could have happened to Le'Veon. And the longer this thing rolled out, he said, you know what? Man, I'm just going to roll the dice and take my chances that somebody wants a back this productive next year. Dude, so we'll, we'll see. And when you, when you go to Arizona – or they have they have David Johnson, so when you go to the Jets, or when you go to, the I didn't hear you. What you say? I said when you go to the Jets, I, I, I didn't hear you. What you say? The Dolphins? Is that what you said? No, he's not going to Miami. Houston Texans? Is that what you said? Oh, okay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That would be a big move if you went to Houston, but they can't afford them. But when you go to when you go to the Jets or Tampa Bay, and now the focus is on you. You don't have the number one receiver out there. You don't have Big Ben out there. Is that production gonna be the same? Is that is that is that that setting gonna be the same? That's yet to be seen. But that's a big story. Of the, that's a big story of the week. Um. Man, there's two ways to go about it. Cleveland broke his way down pretty good. I just say first and foremost, man, I don't understand how you sitting out sitting out the season. I don't see how you're breaking down that that bond, that chemistry, that that uh, continuity that has been there that's made you successful. Um, and you're just gonna sit out over a few dollars. I get it. I get. I get you want to get paid, but you got you got to play to get paid. And if you don't play, you're not gonna get paid. And but what happens? But what happens when you play 
and you ball out better than anybody in the league and they penalize you for it. They tell you that that's the reason that they're not going to give you market value because last year you balled out so hard and you had so many carries that there's no way you could, there's no way you could replicate that performance. So why would we pay you like, like you, like the season you just had, the okay. next, the following season. So you got sign that, sign that tenure and get out of there the next year. This is the year he's supposed to sign that. Sign what? That's the whole point. Get they keep franchising him every year. They don't give him an opportunity to get out. So he had to make his own way out. Well, they would have done the exact same thing next year. I, I think. I think they'll be. They'll be in the same exact situation next year. Won't, won't he? Won't he? Hoping. Hoping no. that. The next team he signs with, he's going to sign a long-term contract, which comes with an upfront bonus, which comes with at least two seasons of whatever he was going to be making plus the bonus. Does his right still stay belong with Pittsburgh until they trade him? He's a free agent. He didn't sign the tenure. So after one year, okay, let's move on for this one, and we'll talk about somebody who's actually playing on the field and give the. Uh, the aforementioned Pittsburgh Steelers give them credit for routing without uh, their number one running back, the Carolina Panthers. That was clearly a surprise to me, but kudos for you picking them and you having these guys uh, skyrocketing up the, up the charts in the NFL. Um, we'll give you so much confidence in, in these bailless Steelers. Well, they have finally hit their stride. They've put a lot of the nonsense that was going on in the beginning of the season behind them. They're all on the same page. And when they are, they're a handful. Try and handle Juju. It's a lot to try and handle Antonio Brown. It's a lot to try and handle McDonald. Establishing that running game with Connor, playing that strong defense. I mean, it's starting to get colder. They were a little bit bitter about the way things we're going in the beginning of the season. Cincinnati was getting a lot of pub. People are talking about Cleveland. Wow, crazy. I mean, I know they tied in the first game of the season, but, you know, the cream rises to the top eventually. Okay, well, um, I'm, I'm going to count this as a bad game for the Panthers, but the Steelers actually absolutely put it to them. Um, they, they are, as you mentioned, rounding it right into shape right at the right time of the year. Uh, Tomlin, Tomlin apparently hasn't lost the squad and is uh, wrangling them back in order. So um, uh, I'll take I'll take that one. And then the Saints route the Bengals. Kind of expected these. Uh, Drew Brees is, is on fire right now this season, and he's he's a tactician right now. And the Bengals had no had had no chance um, in that one there. Um, the Browns, I give you credit. I almost want to give you two points for picking the Browns over over the Falcons. Um, I, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with this? <laughs> I mean, kudos to the Browns. We know they're in the, every game this season. We know they're better. Uh, Baker Mayfield has got these guys playing with the edge now. Um, kudos to these guys. Well, what is up with the Falcons, man? What What is going down? Is it coaching? Is the players? What, what, what is the deal? You know, in this league, we don't we don't turn to injuries as a as an excuse. So, not going to use that one. 
And in the beginning of the season, everybody was blaming Sarkeesian. Oh, man, what's wrong with this offense? Ever since Shanahan left, they're not scoring any points. They're not looking like, uh, you know, that team that went to the Super Bowl fighting it up. But to be quite honest, lately it's been their defense. Their defense lets teams hang around that shouldn't hang around. Um, They make the game way closer than it needs to be, given what the offensive productivity has been. Didn't and, they hire a defensive coach to do that job to to sure up their defense? weren't 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 wasn't there some success in the first year the coach was there? It, has the coaching fell off or the focus isn't there? What what's going on? Uh, no, definitely. You know, Dan Coyne is a defensive coach. I mean, that's where he hangs his hat. Came from a, uh, you know, the Hawks defensive coordinator of a Super Bowl winning team. So you can't say that's not what he's about. So, at the same at the same time, I think that the plan that he's implemented has fallen short given uh, injuries to a certain extent and just lack of execution. I mean, they've given up a lot of points to a lot of teams that really shouldn't be scoring that many points. And, I mean, you know, giving up all these, you know, 176 yards and Nick Chubb and, you know, thank goodness I picked Duke Johnson Jr. up on my uh, fantasy team, you know, two touchdowns for him. I mean, that's just – Unusual for a team that had only won two games previously. So, you know, I I, I have to blame uh, the defense. To be quite honest, if you have to cast blame somewhere, I think it starts well, there. And and because it starts there, then I turn to the head coach because that's his that's his forte. Um, and he he got to get this turned around quick. Arthur Blank, you know, has a has a trigger finger, and so he better get this turned around quick, or there'll be some more changes in in, in Atlanta. And then uh, we see the the Titans, the Tennessee Titans, and your boy, Marcus Mariota, getting the job done uh, with the effective run game, uh, passing game. Uh, Rabel is one off the culture tree who actually looks like he actually can get something something done on the sideline. Uh, what do you think about the Tennessee Titans and the way they uh, make Brady uh, look appear to see the cleft? Wow, it, it was sobering to uh, see Brian Hoyer out there in the fourth quarter calling plays, throwing passes. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen that before in the Tom Brady era where they just completely surrendered and just what is the point of continuing on like this? There, there's no way to win. Um, yeah, that was that was unusual. Um, the team is a different team when, when Gronk's not in there. Um, Sonny Michelle is just kind of starting to round back into form and – you know, their receivers aren't really all that explosive. I mean, Josh Gordon does his thing every once in a while, but he's still getting acclimated. You know, Julian Edelman is, you know, just you know, a couple games off of suspension. And you know, Chris Hogan is just, you know, a mystery. So, you know, they got Cordero Patterson, you know, toting the rock. So, you know, the offense is a little disarray. Um, I don't know how you ever let Tennessee score that many points. I, I didn't. I didn't think they were capable of scoring thirty-four points talk, in, defense, in one game. Defense, in, one, in one NFL game. Talking so. about a defense gone bad. This this Patriots defense has not been nothing to uh, uh, sneeze right home about this season either. No, I would definitely agree. Um, not necessarily their forte. But at the same time, I mean, give anybody that gives up 34 points to the Titans needs to look themselves in the mirror and be ashamed. So I don't think it's the end of the Patriots. As we all know, they get that that golden ticket into the playoffs. 
um, playing in that one division. What's it called? We're <laughs> good, and everybody else sucks. Also known as the AFC East, but you know, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. That, that I don't division know anybody, like nineteen years. I don't know anybody getting voted I mean, in any division. This is NFL football. Like, oh wow! I think they won the division nineteen years in a row. <laughs> okay. It's terrible. It's terrible how terrible that division is every year. Well, wow. <laughs> I think the only other team in that division in the last decade. Excuse me, Buffalo. Buffalo did get in. Let me, let me not slight Buffalo for the first time in twenty years. They got in last year. <laughs> But other than those two teams, I don't think anyone else in the last 15 years other than the Patriots from that division has made the playoffs. Uh, the Dolphins won their division not too long ago there, sir. So slow slow down with your rhetoric. Oh, man, come on. Don't <laughs> enough, with, enough with your 98, uh, you know, I mean, the wild, versus. We introduced man. the Wildcat to all the football. So, um, so Oh, wow. Slow, that, that was great. Rhetoric there. Okay. Yeah. Um, just like just like you've gone overboard, uh, has we know Tariq Hill, he has ample opportunities to come up with crazy and uh, creative off the field celebrations or test end zone celebrations. Um, but was the celebrations going too far when he jumped into the, the sidelines and took over the camera? Was that a little bit much? What do you think? You know, I was somewhat okay with that. But when uh, Michael Thomas for the Saints went back and and uh, channeled his inner Joe Horn and pulled the cell phone out, I was like, okay, man, see, that's why they took all the celebrating out because you guys took it too far and didn't know when to stop. And now you're taking it back to when they took it too far. I mean, well, I think you – so you're okay with the, the player leaving the field of play to jump to the sidelines versus a player – I mean, at least uh, the cell phone was – you know, on the field, those guys, jump, those guys jump into the into the stands all the time. They jump in, do the Lambo leap everywhere. Okay, blah blah blah. It's all it's all cool. This guy jumps behind a camera for like ten seconds, and everybody flips out. No, the prop, the actual having the cell phone and pulling it out and taking it back to when celebration got banned for doing that. Yeah, that's way worse. I. Uh, I I got. I see it differently. I I see it differently. The the cell phone under the under the padding of the goalpost is it's in the field of play to begin with. So, but he doesn't leave the field to do his celebration. He picks up a little prop. Sure enough, but I mean, he picks up. Yes, he does pick up a prop. That could be the pylon. That could be the cheerleader pom pom. Uh, that could be the cameraman who's actually in the corner of the end zone. He grabs his camera and tries to shoot something that's a little bit different than him actually leaping into the stands and getting hold of the camera. I think that's a little bit, that's a stretch. Sure, I get you your point. They jump in the fans, ha-ha, cheer, cheer a little bit, and then they're out of there. Him jumping behind the... Uh, somebody's going somebody's gonna to run up and, and order a hot dog. That's what somebody, the next person is going to do. They're going to have a dollar in their pocket, go buy some popcorn, 
and eat some popcorn on the way back down to the field. That's going to be the next move. They're going to order a hot dog, order some food right there. That's going to be the next food. That's going to be the next move. If when we start having players leaving the field to play, you follow what I'm saying? That's that's the the point I'm making. Leaving the field of play, now we've taken it a bit because now again somebody's gonna go order some food, um, or have it delivered or something something to that effect. I, I'm thinking they're gonna order some hot dog in the stands right there. See the hot dog man order a coke, whatever it is. That's that's what I think the next step will be when you leave the when you leave the field of play. I'm good with anything else on the on the field in the, in and around the field, the net, the kicking tee. All, all that BS, the the uh, the cart like with Marshawn Lynch who's driving around. I'm good with all of that. Obviously, not during the game. They won the game when he did that, but I'll be good with all of that. But I think leaving the field of play kind of takes it to a different level there. But this week was a pretty good week, man. We had uh, some good football. We talked about the Steelers uh, watching the. Panthers was that a good win, better win for the Steelers or worse loss for the Panthers? What do you think? Much better win for the Steelers. Um, boost their confidence, um, lets them know that they're back, reestablish themselves, uh, beating up a uh, you know, a division potential division winner over there, um, in the NFC and you know, putting 50 on somebody that you know, wow, didn't think it was capable. Definitely a better win for the Steelers. It's just one. It's just one game for the Panthers. Move on. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree there. Um, I do have a better win for the for the Steelers, but I agree with the Panthers. It's it's, it's one loss. We could take it. It's a whopping. Move on. The next one. I'm gonna change it up from what it, what's on the list. Um, just as I'm looking at it, was this a better win for? And you picked them. I'm impressed that you picked the. the the best young quarterback under, I think, five years in the league. I'm, I'm impressed you picked him to actually win against a division rival there. And I'm curious to why why you picked Andrew Luck to beat up on the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> well, Cam, the reason that I picked that is because I didn't like the body language of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I didn't like the way that they respond to, to losses. I didn't like the direction they were going um, with the quarterback. Um, I didn't like the uh, the way their diva quarterback has been chirp, chirp, chirping all year. And then when things kind of go a little bit south, you, you get crickets from them. And I thought that they were just, you know, ready to pack it in. And if they came up against a team that, you know, still had a little bit to play for, even if it's only pride, because they're not going to make the playoffs, obviously, this year. But even oh, if it's only pride, <laughs> then, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars not really being able to score any points, you know, t- take nothing away from Andrew Look, If nothing else, he can score points. He might throw you three touchdowns, three interceptions, you know, to go along with his 300 yards and, uh, you know, make a fourth-quarter turnover that costs him the game. But at the same time, if he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, Jacksonville Jaguars have too much of a of a hard time scoring points, and you know their morale just wasn't there. I knew I knew this was going to be the uh, final nail in the coffin. Oh yeah, good good call, on, good call on you. I know it pained you to take the Colts in that game, didn't it? 
It's, it's a little tough. A little tough. <laughs> and a, was that a better win you thought out of the Cowboys or a worse loss for the Eagles? Uh, the Eagles. Um, uh, it, it appears that uh, Peterson, the head coach, was just a little over skis. And I, I guess you win the Super Bowl. It's kind of hard not to get full of yourself. It's kind of hard to just be stoic and Bill Belichick all the time. But it appears just now he he, he was from if, if you look for the press conferences from week one to week. 10, it looks like he early on he was a little ahead of his skis and wasn't quite ready for what the season of defending your NFL championship was going to be like. Um, and they, they're a little overwhelmed right now, the, the Eagles, it appears. Well, what do you think about that? So I think it was a, a worse loss for the Eagles rather than a better win for the for the Cowboys because that the Cowboys put them actually their game up because they have beat them actually. Uh, so it was a better win for the Cowboys, but um, they're both right there at what, five and four, so uh, not a whole lot of damage done to the Eagles. What do you think? Uh, no, definitely a lot of damage done to the Eagles. Like you said, they are the reigning Super Bowl champs and um, losing games to the Dallas Cowboys at home that were you know going into the game three and five um, just isn't a good look. Uh, they went and traded for Golden Tate. Uh, they brought in Michael Bennett in the offseason. Um, they definitely thought that they had retooled and were ready for a, uh, you know, a, another run at a, you know, going back to back. And again, be lucky to make the playoffs. They're down there in the fray with everybody else. Um, Carson Wentz hasn't had the quote unquote magical season that he had last year. A lot of tape now. So people can make their adjustments. They can do their thing. They know what you do well and what you don't do well. And, you know, it just hasn't panned out for them this season. I think they've been trying to find themselves, uh, not sneaking up on anybody this year. And I definitely think that repeating as Super Bowl champions, like you said earlier, is a lot harder than uh, they anticipated. And it's it's catching up with them. I'm not sure if there's enough time for them to rebound. The only thing that's a saving grace for them is they do play in the NFC East. And, you know, that's not exactly the strongest division in football either, as we were just talking about uh the AFCs previously, um, you know, it's very similar in nature, except for these teams all suck collectively at different times. So it's not just, you know, one team dominant and three teams sucking. It's, you know, one team, one team year. Oh, sorry. sorry about that. Sorry. Yeah, we'll go away from that. But a worse loss for the Eagles, for sure. Uh, and it only gets worse for the Eagles as next week they play the the – Saints, who's the hottest fish grease right now. Um, this is a good time for a break. We're going to take a break, Mr. Cleavon. Uh, talk to us about Euphoria, the brand. And you guys got some new stuff coming out. I've seen on Instagram, I, IG, you guys got some new gear coming out uh we, we, we yeah we definitely do uh definitely trying to represent ourselves as a cut above the rest um you know premium quality clothing line so uh this christmas season we're going to come out with some new things very excited about it and hopefully everybody uh has a chance to take an opportunity to take a look and you know let us know what they think well that sounds good and where can they find euphoria the brand it is www.euphoria, U-P-H-O-R-I-A, thebrand.com. 
Sounds good. I'll keep my eye out for my package, too. <laughs> it's on the way, my friend. And Mr. Cleavon. What's happening? Confidence picks. That's what's happening. Um, <laughs> regain the lead right here. A rifle position. Now we we set this up. We expected this, the confidence picks to be a little bit tougher than the actually picks that we do during the re- regular week. The picks against a spread, and then the regular picks against a game. But um, over eighty percent. You're at eighty percent. I'm eighty one percent. The Jets lost me. Go figure. Jets lost me a game. Carolina lost me a game. And the Philadelphia Eagles lost you the game, and the New England lost you the game at five. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm back in the number one spot in the picks, confident picks, and I'll take that. This week, you won seven to six. Pretty bad week for me. You had a couple good week, a couple good points, as I mentioned uh, earlier. Picking the Browns over the Falcons, that was a pretty good pick. I give you a, a lot of kudos for that pick. Picking the the Colts over the Jaguars, that was a good call on you. And I had both of those games going the opposite way, but the Jets disappointed us. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers disappointed us. The Cow uh, the Cowboys surprised us both. Uh, we had the F- Philadelphia Eagles, and we both had the Forty ers over the Giants. Who showed up and put up some points on Monday night. Odell Beckham. Um you can't drop you can't drop the first pass of the game, bro. Um I, I don't know what else to say about that game, but you just can't drop the first pass of the game. The Seattle Seahawks game, man. I'm fortunate enough to be in the house there to watch the Seahawks. Uh Russell Wilson plays tough man. Uh young friend Tarkington. Um he's in every game. Um how did you see that Rams game versus Seahawks? Didn't think that they that uh, my beloved Seahawks were going to win going in, so it can't be disappointing that they lost. However, when you watch the game and you know are vested in it the entire game, it it, it was a pretty heartbreaking loss, considering that they that they, that they ran for two hundred and seventy eight yards. Russ ran for ninety. Shard Penny ran for a hundred. Uh, I think Mike Davis ran for for sixty five. What do you what do you think about Penny running for over a hundred yards on the ball game? It looked pretty looked pretty good. Um, the the Rams linebackers are terrible, but the uh, Penny looked pretty good. What do you think? What what is, what is it talking about Penny? Is he going to get more carries this week coming up? He's not going to get more carries this this week coming up just because uh, Chris Carson is healthy again. But I, I personally felt relieved to uh, to see him get down um, in a, you know, a game where he got more opportunities and um, it made the, it made the brass not look so stupid for taking him in the first round. You, you, you kind of see what they were seeing. You kind of see the vision and doing it against a, an LA Rams team. Although after this game, I may have to kind of, you know, retract my statement was supposed to be one of the better defenses in the league. So when you're able to, to, you know, get off against them, that's, that's impressive. But on the same, on the flip side, when you look at that, uh, you know, the Rams given up 30 plus points in a, you know, five or six games this year. So 
the defense is, is not what we thought it was going to be. And so maybe the, you know, the effort isn't as impressive, but at the same time, uh, he made the most of his opportunity and take nothing away from that dude. If Chris Carson uh, isn't careful, if caught slipping out there, might not be his job anymore. Well, yeah, I, I think he's in a he's in a good offense setting for him. Well, he's playing with a good quarterback, who's a good quarterback on the dropout dropback. He's able to kind of slip in the 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 perfect uh, handoff to sneak him out of the backfield, and he can catch out of the backfield if he's given the opportunity. So I'm looking for a big thing from him down the line. Of, because he hasn't uh, quite gotten his feet wet this season. Um, but as to say, this is a good week out of you. You points against the spread. I was zero. My first zero for three all season long. You was two out of three. And um, that, I'm still leading the still leading the points against the spreads, folks. So that tells you when I go zero for, when I go 0 for, for the week and still leading, that tells you what kind of lead that I have, um, dominance I have in that, in that category. Kind of speaking. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. That's coming from, but we'll just, we'll just let that, we'll just let that roll. Yeah. It was nothing, nothing to be said right now. It's showing pure dominance that hasn't been wire to wire so far this season. So yeah, as, as you should. Um, let's talk about the, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I put out the what's good supremacy rankings earlier in the week. Rank the top 10 teams in the NFL. Um, I'll have, I'll let you know what I have. Kansas City, New Orleans, the Rams. I have the Chargers at number four, if you believe that or not. I have New England, Pittsburgh, Carolina Panthers, Minnesota, Tennessee Titans, and the Houston Texas. Texans. I see in your list, you have KC, New Orleans, the Rams, pretty wisely you have pittsburgh ahead of san diego and new england now i could have swapped pittsburgh and new england to be honest with you i could have swapped either one of those um i was just a little hesitant to drop uh bill belichick down so far actually but san diego you have pittsburgh ahead of san diego explain that or we say san diego but i know what you mean uh, the Chargers. For sure. And I think that the way the Chargers have been playing recently, you can kind of make an argument for that. But I also think that they've won some, some close games that really could have gone either way. And I think that Pittsburgh, um, given the amount of adversity and turmoil that was going on in that locker room early in the year, really doing this all without their best player, They've bonded around each other. The smackdown that they put on Carolina and the way their offense is gelling, in addition to what their schedule is going to look like kind of going forward, I think that they're just in the driver's seat to get that uh, to get that number two seed in the AFC. Okay, so also you do admit that is to a little uh, recency bias here as the, the smackdown they put down. See, I'm a little bit more objective than that because I look at with the full body of work than what you've done this past last hour or hour and a half, I should say. It's not the last, it's not the last hour. They, they won five games in a row, Cam. Uh, and and some, game, some games have been closer than as they should have been, um, i.e. The, the tie they have on their record. Um, where the, the Chargers in 
and I'm defending the Chargers, so mind you, I'm being very objective right here. The Chargers have been pretty a lot more consistent this year. With uh, they've been facing a lot of injuries themselves. Bosa hasn't been playing. They just recently lost their linebacker. They do as they do get Bosa back. Uh, the receivers is taking a moment to kind of re- get into place. Michael Williams specifically. Um, Gordon was out uh, a game, a half a game or so. Uh, so they have dealt with their own share of adversity. Um, and again, they as a team, as a collective, they've been a little bit more consistent. So I think you know, you'll see in a, in a week or two, you might actually have the Chargers higher on your board. And then you have Washington on the list. <clears throat> I'm not sure how you can have Washington on the year. You have them ahead of Houston. Not sure how you can have them ahead of Houston. When Houston has beat them, at um, Houston has a better – their opponent ratio is better than what the Washington opponents have have faced. And also, additionally, you don't have Tennessee in the lineup. When Tennessee has beat Houston, Tennessee has beaten two of your top ten teams. Tennessee has beaten, <clears throat> yet you don't have them in your top ten. I'm, I'm confused by that. <clears throat> well, nothing to be confused about. The Redskins have a better record. Uh, okay. They've played – Similar competition. I mean, let's let's be honest here. Tennessee won one of their games against uh, the Jaguars, nine to six. So it's not like they're the most explosive offense in the league. Um, you know, kudos to what they did against the uh, you know New England Patriots. That's that's not easy to do. I just think going forward, you know, given what the Redskins roster looks like, they're going to have more success down the down the stretch. Okay. Well, the team that beats Houston. In fact, I, I said that wrong. Tennessee has beaten three of your top 10 teams and you don't have them in your list and I'm confused, but nonetheless, um, more education is needed. It's only week, it's only week 11. I got a few more weeks to work with you, season you for, for a new season now. Cause I know by now you must be dominating the football conversations with your friends by now. After working with me all these years, you've got to be dominating your conversation with your buddies by now. Okay, great. And, and, and if you know, you need any, uh, you know, any other pointers, just, just look to the uh, confidence picks and, uh, you know, picks against the spread and, you know, we'll go from there. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, quick time, quick moment for a break. Uh, PSA. Let me take a break. Cleveland. Give me a moment. Uh, the people at What's Good in Sports want to want to talk to you, talk to the fans, and make sure you guys tune into the website. Every Cleveland, have you seen the What's Good in Sports website? Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Lots of uh, positive stories and lots of great content. Um, the people they told me uh, personally, make sure you guys go visit the website. So please, when you get a chance after the show, check out What's Good in What's Good in Sports dot com website. Mr. Cleavon, you yes, got sir. another fantastic week of football coming up, man. What maybe one of the what games are you looking forward to seeing this week? Maybe one of the best games everybody's been looking forward to all week long or all season long. Both teams nine and one. The game's been switched to the Coliseum, which I kind of think is kind of a hokey situation, but uh, the 
what games are you looking forward to seeing this week, Chief? Oh, without question, everybody's looking forward to seeing the, you know, that that Ali Frazier go down on Monday uh, between, uh, you know, the two high-powered offenses, uh, you know, the the Rams and the and the Chiefs. I obviously am starting my uh, must-see TV tomorrow um, when uh, Green Bay comes to the clink, the 206, and, and we'll see if the Seahawks are even remotely a playoff team or not because with a loss there, I don't think the playoffs are, are realistic. And with a win, they, they fall right back into the fray with the rest of those teams. So uh, that's a game I definitely have circled on my calendar. And in addition, uh, my Washington – I'm not even going to call them mine – my number nine team, the Washington Redskins, uh, has the Houston Texans coming into town. So I'm looking forward to that game. But to that game, mostly from a fantasy football standpoint, I get my two guys back. And it was it was tough sledding last week without uh, Sean Watson and DeAndre Hopkins in a lot of my lineups. I was able to win uh, uh, two of my leagues, but still, I'm, I'm happy to see those guys back. And hopefully they put up big numbers and – like you were saying, prove me wrong with regards to my uh, initial number nine ranking for those guys. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we'll we'll see how that works out for big guy. But there's a uh, there's several big games in a week uh, in, in the season come or in a week coming up this week. We have the Saints and the Eagles. The Eagles lose this game; they're dead. The season completely over. Um, and the Saints is going to be they they couldn't be happier than to put the nail in the coffin of the defending champions. Um, we have the Ravens and the Bengals. The Ravens, as you know, is a, is a hard-nosed, tough fighting team. The, we may have a new start by the quarterback, um, by the Heisman Trophy from a couple of years ago. The Heisman, he may get his new start this week. I've, I, I've heard rumblings of that against the Bengals. Um, we have the Steelers and the Jaguars. The, the Jaguars are already pretty much out of the season, but they have a chance to upset the hot uh, – the hot Steelers, uh, can they, can they do it? As you mentioned, the Texans and the Skins should be a good game. The te- Titans and the Colts, both of the inner division rival, both of these guys fighting for um, uh, division supremacy here. The Titans, the Colts are on a comeback where the Titans feel that they, they've they lost uh, a couple games that they shouldn't have. Uh, so it's inter- that'll be um, an interesting game to watch. The Panthers and the Lions, I expect the Carolina Panthers to dominate. I think that spread should be a little bit higher. And the Cowboys and the Falcons can quietly be a pretty good football game. Both of these teams, they lose if they they lose this game. Both of them are out. Uh, so this should be a pretty good uh, football game down there in uh, Atlanta. Confidence picks I do have um, Green Bay, Carolina, Tennessee, Arizona, and New Orleans. That's who I have as my five. And you have Tampa Bay, wow, Atlanta, New Orleans, Arizona, and the Chargers. Uh, your fan, you were speaking of your fantasy teams. You're doing pretty good, huh? Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, hanging there, you know, in playoff contention. Uh, I did, I did lose my uh, my cup runneth over. Uh-oh. That was a that was a big blow. Uh, losing a uh, Cooper Cup. But uh, I was, like I said earlier, was able to pick up Duke Johnson Jr. Um, been hearing big things about, uh, again, my Redskins. Uh, why do you call them my Redskins? The Washington Redskins receiver. So you got me calling them the Redskins, not even my Redskins. But the D- John Doxson, for those guys, supposed to be a, 
on his way to, to blowing up. So well, somebody got that's somebody got to catch for them. So well, somebody got to catch some passes. Uh, Might as well be him then. Well, we have a big game. We do have a big game tomorrow night, so I know you'll be glued to the TV. Won't call, won't text you. Well, I probably will text you um, probably somewhere in the fourth quarter. <laughs> see, how, see how you're doing, check up on you. But uh, enjoy your football weekend, big guy. We'll talk to you and um, talk to you next week. Uh, right before uh, Wednesday, before Thanksgiving, are you traveling? What's the plans for Thanksgiving? Is it still? Uh, yeah, no, we're just going to be prepping to go over to the uh, uncle's house on Thursday. They, they like to get it started a little bit early over there. So just making the, uh, the macaroni and greens and the uh, Brussels sprouts. That's, uh, that's our contribution over here. Okay. Well, we'll check in with you next week, big guy. Talk to you soon. All right, on, bro. Talk soon. All right, later. And that's what's good in sports.